Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. We are jumping back into our coverage of the 50 best rom-coms and talking about number 35 on the list, Crazy Stupid Love. And I'm just going to start off by saying I, I'm not ashamed of my New Balance sneakers. They are one of my favorite pair of shoes, and, and I think they're quite comfortable. But I, I'm really excited to welcome in my guest today, Andrew Hudson. It's been about 20 years, I think, since we have connected. Uh, so I'm super excited to have him on the podcast today. So uh, two questions for you, Andrew. One, um, sure. how, uh, how are you? And, <laughs> and, and, and two, uh, do you own a pair of New Balance shoes? I know I, I own many pair of New Balance shoes. Um, <laughs> I am with you. I like the support that they give my feet. Um, but my wife picks out very colorful versions mm -hmm. of these New Balances, 574s. That's my go-to New Balance. Um, so I'm not a just a gray and white guy, but I've got a slew of different colors. Your first <laughs> yeah. question, I'm doing great, Nathan. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm great. Yeah, I, I am I am by far not the uh voice of fashion at all. But I do <laughs> I do feel like this movie was made in 2011. I feel like new balances have kind of made a little surge of being a little bit more popular, but I, I might be wrong. Right. I yeah. think you're right. Well, uh, so uh Andrew and I were both in the same fraternity at Baylor back in the day. And um, I was trying to think, I I couldn't quite remember. I feel like we kind of were interested in the same kind of stuff as far as like video and media and that sort of thing. Was that your major? And uh, are, are you still interested in the same thing, doing the same thing? Yeah, I was a, a film major in, at Baylor, Sikkim. Um, I, I forget the actual name of our degree. But I just say I studied film. I, I, if you want to talk like 1960s Italian or French cinema, I'm your guy. I can do that for days. <laughs> Rom-coms are also great. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still doing that. I um, have been a creative director at a couple of different companies now. And so still neck deep in the media world. I get to lead teams, get to develop other creatives. Um, and that's been a really, really fun spot. So creatives are super moody and super passionate and super creative. Um, and then the I've got the executives that don't understand them. And so I kind of stand in the gap a lot of, okay, this is what they really mean. And then I go and translate it to the other side. Yeah, that's a that's a very important part of an organization. That's something, uh, yeah, I deal with quite a little bit. And I, I know you're into the podcasting world. Can, did you want to talk a little bit about that and where people can listen to your podcast? Sure. So I started a company um, a little over a year ago. I've got a business partner. Her name is Rachel. And we started a social media marketing company specifically targeting the real estate world. Um, and it's called Kangaroost. And we've got Kangaroost, the podcast. And we talk about marketing and leadership and uh, a lot about real estate. And it is very, very localized. Um, we've got markets in Nashville in Memphis and in Dallas right now. And so it's just been really fun to see something that you could uh, come up with a kernel of an idea and, and see it blossom and grow. It's, it's been pretty fun. That's awesome. That, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, people definitely should check that out. And in the show notes, we'll include links uh, to that if people want to check that out. So, uh, well, uh, jumping into the movie today. So um, I always think it's funny. I didn't think I quite realized um, the punctuation uh, of this movie, but crazy comma, stupid comma, <laughs> love 
period. They actually have a period on that. Uh, it, it's number 35 on the ringers list of the 50 best rom-coms as directed by Glenn Ficarra and John Raquois. Uh, I'm just guessing that's how you say that. And okay. Written, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And written by Dan Fogelman. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, he has written tons of films, but it's probably most known for the TV hit. Uh, this is us. He was the creator that's right. of that. Yeah. And especially and the still, directors too. the directors. Yeah are part of this is us. Yeah. And so if you've seen this is us, I mean, it definitely, and watching this movie, you definitely can see the correlation of just, uh, I think juggling multiple characters and, you know, highly emotional, but comedic <laughs> storylines. But, um, this film has an all-star cast consisting of Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Juliana Moore, Emma Stone, Marissa Tomei, and Kevin Bacon. Uh, the movie description is as follows. A middle-aged husband's life changes dramatically when his wife asks him for a divorce. He seeks to rediscover his manhood with the help of a newfound friend, Jacob, learning to pick up girls at bars. Um, th that is definitely what the movie is about, but I, I feel like it has a few more narrative threads <laughs> than that. But it was released in the U.S. by Warner Brothers Pictures on July 29th, 2011, grossing over $142 million against his $50 million budget. It was well received by critics, which is hard to think of a rom-com making that much money these That's days. Right. But yeah, so um, so what's your background with this film? At, this wasn't was this the first time that you've seen it, or did you see it back then? Oh, oh goodness, I probably saw this one in the theater. <clears throat> um, I have seen this movie a lot. It is one of my more favorite rom-com. It is a guilty pleasure. Um, I am a huge Steve Carell fan. Um, and so I think he is one of our best character actors, um, out there right now. Uh, he, he can portray serious and emotion and silly and just, and make it believable. Um, one of my favorite movies is Dan in real life. And I think that's mm -hmm. where I fell in love with Steve. Um, but I think there are a lot of similarities actually with, um, what I like to call triangle relationships. So we've got the Steve Carell, we've got, Hannah banana and we've got which is Emma Stone and then we got uh the Ryan Gosling like the, there is a triangle there and then we've got uh David Lindhagen and the Emma or uh, uh Julianne Moore and Steve Carell and so it's another triangle like you, there are triangles throughout this movie um and I think that is just uh, a Dan Fogelman staple I mean this is us it does that a ton as well. And so all of these intertwined relationships, I think, are is what makes this so, so, so fun. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, the very, very first time I saw it. And um, I'm spoiler alert. Here's the end of the movie. Emma Stone comes out and you're like, what? How? Ryan Gosling's there at the party. And you're like, how did all of this? I didn't see it coming at all. And it, it was brilliant. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you hit a lot, you hit a lot, a lot of things there. I think uh, the brilliance of this movie is just being being able to toggle so many characters and storylines. And you didn't even mention, you know, his son and uh, oh, Jessica, yeah. his baby. I mean, that's its own thing as well. And I think it's it is really hard to pull off so many um, Marissa Tomei and oh yeah and yeah I mean all of all of them are triangles all of them yeah uh, they pull off so many threads but the audience uh, watching it like I, I, you never get lost you you always know what's going on and um, yeah especially like the twist 
that you mentioned. I mean, I, I think it might be fair to say that it's at least in a comedic movie movie. It has to be one of the most surprising, but effective twists in a movie. I, I think. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah. And it, it was, it was fun and surprising and um, heartfelt and silly somehow. And so you can, uh, you laugh a lot through the movie, but then like there are some heartstrings moments that that tug at you, and and you think, man, this guy just wants his family. Like he is constantly chasing uh, what he might, you know. How do we get all this back together? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've always been a huge fan of uh, uh, Steve Carell as well. I, I I've always just been pretty amazed that. Um, so many people with like, so example, David Schwimmer, uh, I think he's a very good actor. He does a lot of stuff behind the camera as well now, but I mean, he is always going to be Ross. And right. I think, right. I think, think Steve Carell has become Steve Carell more so than Michael Scott, which is pretty That's amazing. Right. I haven't seen a lot of, uh, the current stuff, um, that he does all the time. A couple of his Netflix shows, I kind of thought were okay, but we did watch the patient on Hulu. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if you saw that, but I mean, he's gone to a place now where we can, we watch that with him and the character in that, I mean, that movie is not funny at all. Right, <laughs> so, right. uh, but like um, the audience, I mean, completely, you can, you can buy him in a comedic role. You can buy him in, in a dramatic role. And yeah, um, I, I think all the performances are good here, but I think without Steve Carell being able to do that balance of emotional and awkward and funny, I, I don't know if this movie would quite, quite be the same. That's right. That's a really great, um, Great note there. Uh, Ryan Gosling's character also kind of plays somehow uh, the guy that is the man's man. Everybody wants to be Ryan Gosling, but then also somehow plays the bumbling idiot at the end of just like how you don't want to be like me. You don't want to do that. You don't want to, um, you know, and so he's trying to get through the day and you're like, man, that is, that is an interesting shift in Ryan's character. Yeah. I uh, have you been a, are you a fan of Ryan Gosling? I know he can be a little kind of, you know, I think uh, we all have to be right. He's gorgeous. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he, he is a gorgeous man, <laughs> but not just uh, his character, but I also uh, was thinking about this movie and I thought, um, uh, I just thought that everybody, is just so well liked in this movie. I think that's what another good thing is uh, like that's impressive about this is that you really have a rooting interest for um, everybody except maybe uh, Josh Groban <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or, or Kevin Bacon. But I mean, to have all these like characters and, you know, like Ryan Gosling's character could easily be, um, dislike you know dislikable now there right. there there still might you know you still might not be uh swayed by his charm <laughs> watching it but there's definitely an arc where he kind of switches gears and stuff but um well yeah and back to the party at the end of the movie he defends steve carell's character and he's like okay you're david linhagen great i'm gonna go i'm gonna punch you you know <laughs> and so that's another one of those likable moments of like Steve and Ryan are friends. Cal and Jacob are friends. And so that is what helps us really like Ryan's character as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did uh, you, you mentioned uh, Marissa Tomei 
and some of the other supporting actresses. Uh, and did you do you like Julianna Moore and Emma Stone in this movie? Do you like all the those? Absolutely. Um, I will say that Julianne Moore uh, is the reason for the movie, right? So she is what caused all of this to happen. She had an affair with David Lindhagen and set all of the rest of this into motion. Um, so without her character, we don't have a movie. Um, I thought she did a great job. I think this was Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling's first movie together. They've done a yeah. handful, but don't quote. Okay. Um, and so I thought their chemistry on screen was, they're just, they're a cute, fun little couple, which is why I think they've had um, so much success on other films as well. But I mean, they just, they play so well together. Yeah. Um, I, um, Julianna Moore, the, the one thing, I, I think she's good in this. I, I think she's an incredible actress. So if somebody, I, my, my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, who's 12, if she watches, she has, she's never seen Julianna Moore and anything else. So I don't know. I don't know if this performance would make her want to seek out other stuff. So I don't think sure. it's her, her best stuff, but uh, I, yeah, I think she's solid. And then I, I, I forget, I should maybe looked up a little bit more about the Emma Stone canon, uh, but this had to be probably a little, little early on, but you, you could see yeah. that you could see that she has the chops to uh, carry a film. But I did want to ask you as much as I do love this movie. Um, there are a couple of things like as much as I like the party scene at the end, but I'm, I'm going to specifically focus on Marissa Tomei. Okay. Like I, 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 I like, I, I think her performance and the scenes with her are funny. It mm -hmm. is so over the top. Sometimes that's the one thing for me about this movie. It seems a little imbalanced as far as like, it becomes very like slapsticky over the top. And I, 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 I don't blame her necessarily. Cause I do think the, the scenes are funny, but they right. are, those scenes are the couple of moments where I'm like, it takes me a little bit out of the story. I, I am I being too uh, critical <laughs> there? Um, well, the one, <laughs> maybe, um, you know, when, when Steve Carell's character and Julianne Moore go to the parent teacher conference and I think Steve there plays it so small that it makes it hysterical when she starts writing asshole on the board. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, can I say that? I'm so sorry. Yeah, when yeah, yeah. Writes, yeah no. <laughs> uh, um, and so I think that her bigness is then. Uh, an opportunity for Steve to be very, very small and his subtle reactions to, Oh boy. Um, you know, like that, that those comments I think made it brilliant. Um, there were a couple of scenes with her where she is just a very big actress. Um, but I, it works for me again, it's a rom com. Yeah. And so you can be a little bit more, um, over the top. It's not, uh, a romantic drama by any stretch. Right, right, right. Oh, uh, well, you know, and I will say, I remember always having that kind of thought for whatever reason, um, even when I saw this back in 2011. Now being, watching it now, I will say that uh, I have uh, a lot of friends in the education system and nothing, not anyone in particular. So if I have my teacher friends <laughs> out, out there listening to this and I don't even have somebody in mind, but I, I, I do think that like, I just have a lot of friends that, you know, just like we are at our own work, 
you know, you're the teacher when you're the teacher, but outside of that classroom, a completely different uh, person. And so I, I do like that aspect of just like, you know, yeah, you know, because you're yeah, professional doesn't mean you, you don't like to have fun. That's <laughs> like, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, um, well, uh, some aspect, a little different aspects of the movie. Um, you know, this isn't necessarily a movie. Maybe I think of like uh, having super like memorable quotes. But was there? Do you have a favorite <laughs> quote that comes out of this? Uh, I do, and we say it a lot. And be better than the gap. You yeah. know, uh, when when Ryan is doing the montage of of Steve Carell's uh, transformation, be better than the gap. Yeah, you know, for whatever reason, I. I like I hadn't seen this probably Whitney, my wife seen it a little bit more than I had. I hadn't remembered that. And I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I, I that that's a, that's a really solid line and it, it's not a bad mantra to have in life. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. It's okay to like the gap. It's okay. Sure. You know, but it, it's definitely better, good to, you know, achieve more than what the gap has to offer. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Don't settle. Don't yeah. settle. Yeah. It, it, it was real subtle, but uh, one of my favorite moments was um, um, at the bar and when uh, Jacob takes uh, takes home a lady and uh, he Steve Grill just says, good night, fancy face. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because Jacob says, come on, fancy face, let's get out of here. And then uh, right. I just, for me, that was just really funny. I was like, I, I might just, just start saying that to people, even though they don't know what I'm referring <laughs> to. I thought that was funny. So um, oh, she probably spit in my drink. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> spit in my drink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I can't, um, I, I'm definitely not at the coolness factor that Jacob is in this movie, but um, <laughs> how, how, how he phrases, you know, let's get out of here. I, I don't think I could ever pull that off. I, I That's right. I don't know about yourself, but no way. There's no way. Yeah. He's got a, he is much better at that than I am for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so this being like a, a favorite of yours, uh, uh, do you have any particular favorite scenes? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> the, Scene where Emma Stone goes back to Ryan Gosling's house and she's like, all right, how do you, how does this work? How do you, how do you pull this off time and time over again? Um, and he's like, I don't have a move. And she's like, you have a move. Um, and it, it's just, it's a fun back and forth. Um, I, we talked on it a ton already too. Just the, the end culmination party scene, um, I think is, is so brilliantly done. The entire movie is building up to that. Um, and it's, it's just a great, it is a great scene. Um, even when the police officers show up and you're like, man, that is still, it is continuing. It's not a moment. It is an entire scene that just hits and hits and hits. So those are probably my two favorite scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think e even though I kind of dogged on Marissa Tomei, I, I really like the scene where he first approaches her uh, in the bar and especially finding out that she's sober. Right, <laughs> right. Steve Carell is perfect. Just like getting in that, like, Hey, I'm going to awkward. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be this, but then he just slowly just, you know, or oh, not slowly. He quickly unravels, uh, you know, about his whole life or whatever. Um, right. and it, we talked about the, the gap, but I think that whole shopping sequence with Jacob and, uh, Cal is uh, it's just great. It's just a good little montage, especially okay. uh, with with the slapping and how that plays in to the end. Just a good good callback. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The end was like this is going to be fun and keep slapping. And 
I I would love to see the script on that. Um, I would love to see how many times he's actually supposed to slap him because I think they break a little bit there in that scene um, because Steve just keeps slapping Ryan Gosling. And I was like, man, that has got to be, it's got to be a silly moment on set. <laughs> um, and you you mentioned that as I had written down uh, just the time of my life sequence. Um, right. Uh, just, um, you know, there's probably not tons of, uh, screen time with Gosling and stone in this, like compare, uh -huh. uh, compared to the rest of the movie. And so that scene is really pivotal. And because the way it plays out, like you, buy their relationship, we, we don't That's have right. to, we don't have to see them, you know, quote unquote dating after that moment, that scene is so strong that shows how that connection's made that you completely buy into that. Hey, this is like a, a relationship that will probably most likely end in marriage. Um, so, yeah. uh, and it, it'll be a, interesting to track uh, with this rom-com list. Cause now this is the second movie that has referenced another movie in it. So like, you know, with, time of my life dirty dancing with this one uh our first movie was uh how to lose a guy in 10 days and in that movie they're in the movie theater watching sleepless in seattle so <laughs> it'll be interesting to track these rom-coms and how much they actually reference other rom-coms to get their genuine moments <laughs> so um but uh, i thought that was that's a fun note yeah yeah and then um i i thought the scene with cal who's doing yard work uh when she calls him the kind of emily when she calls and does the fake call about the water heater issue yeah i, I just I, I i love that scene i i just it, just how genuine that moment is and everything like that although i will say if whitney called me about that type of issue that conversation wouldn't gone as Quite a <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it showed that they both still really cared about each other and they both loved and missed each other. And so I think that it was a really sweet scene for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I fortunately haven't ever had to go through a separation or a divorce uh, before, but I just that. Or like, lighting a, a water heater. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> right. Uh, but like, I, you know, it's just this movie can help but think you know like place myself in their shoes just as far as like regardless of like how much you might be fighting with that person or you know, how much you're in love with that person just the, all of a sudden the sudden removal of your like everyday routine or even like yeah. conversations and like i i just can't really imagine how jarring <laughs> that would be so um, yeah I've been, it's it's been a while since i've done like travel for work but i just remember in those times like how weird it is just when you know if i've gone like overseas somewhere and just having to keep that still that communication up I, you know i've never done like the long distance dating thing but uh yeah that's i, I just can't imagine that but i love that scene it just kind of brings those feelings back home so to speak uh, what okay one more scene uh the very very end um when Jessica, the daughter, gives the pictures over to to Robbie and like with a little wink of like, hey, this is that we're going to we're also going to work out. So, again, more triangles that continue to build in this relationship with Dan Fogelman. But um, I, I kind of wish that she hadn't given him the pictures as much as like, uh, you know, maybe I've just told him that she's interested in him or something but but i thought it was a cute cute way um so there you go there you go. that was always like kind of a tough watch for me as far as yep. storyline goes and yep. um uh and 
you know, they even, I was actually almost surprised that they used the term sexting in the movie because still I did kind of laugh at uh, just the use of a uh, digital camera in this, right. uh, in this movie instead of like an iPhone uh, right. or whatever. But um, uh, probably one thing that does date this movie a little bit, but yeah, that um, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's one that, you know, watching the second time I thought was, I guess maybe handled uh, as best as it could be. But if this movie was made today, I don't, I, I think they would kind of uh, rearrange um, how, yeah. how they, how they pre presented that aspect of it. So that's right. That's right. I agree with that. I don't know if it's needed for the, the, the story. I feel like, um, it, you could definitely have those feelings with the son and the babysitter and even her feelings towards Cal without driving that aspect. I don't know if they needed something for her dad to get that enraged over. Um, yeah, uh, it does push it to the extreme. Uh, but I think that maybe she could have professed her love to him and her dad misinterpreting it that, Cal was professing her his love for her. Um, but yeah, it does definitely take it to the extreme limit of I cannot believe that you are in possession of pictures of my little girl. Um, because as a dad of a little girl, I would go off the hinges at, at that guy. Yeah. So it, it it makes sense that it's all elevated and heightened. But is there a different way that they could have written that? Yeah. And I I, I know that, you know, they, they never, they never show the actual uh, pictures. And I know she was older when uh, she filmed this movie. Actually, I, I read somewhere like her and Emma Stone are actually pretty close in age, <laughs> but they were playing, you know, different, <laughs> different character, you know, high school. And then, you know, kind of a young professional in this movie. But um, I, I, I just, any kind of movie that even like, I don't know, hints of like, you filling in the gaps of that uh, is always right. well, yeah, kind of a weird, a weird angle to take. But I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm being too sensitive to that, but I don't think so. But I don't, I don't think so. They were both born in 1988, so you're oh. right. Hey, there you go. Look at that. Look at there. One time that I was actually uh, supported by uh, internet fact. <laughs> <laughs> Movie musings. Is, is your life PG-13? Is my life PG thirteen? Yeah, in this movie, they talk, you know, a little bit about her Emma's uh, Stone's Hannah's friend is kind of challenging her on like, what's your what's your, what's your life at? So, what 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 rating is uh, Andrew Hudson's life? Oh man, that is a great question. Um, man, <laughs> well, um, you know, I was gonna say that maybe my life is even more PG at this, at this moment. Um, but there are instances that are obviously coming up into my brain that push it a little bit darker than, uh, than just PG. Um, the fact that I've been able to work in, um, creative industries, but within churches and within religious organizations, um, they're, you know, it PG 13, and, you know, there are R-rated things at times, I suppose. Um, but we're not, um, it's not like heat. Don't think that I'm shooting up banks or anything. But yeah, there, <laughs> I think, I think my, my movie, my life story would be a pretty boring uh, documentary to watch. <laughs> yeah, I always kind of jokingly, uh, uh, I, I thought to myself, uh, I, 
I like reading a lot of uh, nonfiction books and a lot of those are uh -huh. memoirs. And I just uh -huh. like the fact that if I wrote my own memoir, like how boring and how unpopular of a book <laughs> that would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, 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 I'm fine with that though. I, yeah, I, 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 I like that. So I don't, I, I don't yeah. need a lot of drama in my life. So, <laughs> um, uh, so are, are you a yard guy? Are you uh, someone who's, in the lawn a lot i uh, just laughed at cal's character in here and just how yeah I, that's immediately like i kind of forgot about that aspect of this movie and when they did the first shot of that backyard i mentally went like wow that's a beautiful <laughs> <laughs> i do think that at some point in your life maybe it's when you turn 35 or 40 whenever you get your first house whatever that is that i suddenly became a yard guy um i love mowing i love uh planting new plants and man we do a fantastic job at planting plants every year uh they die because we don't know what we're doing and then we get to replant new plants every every spring and so maybe we're not supposed to be planting them in spring maybe that's the issue but um man i do enjoy looking at good yards but i am not i'm not the most skilled i have no green thumb but i love it <laughs> we uh yeah w Whitney and I we've taken uh, a little bit more ownership over our yard and this and really uh covid was a big <laughs> was a big yeah. factor of that you know which was good uh we I think generally it pushed us as a family to be outside a little bit more uh, that's right I I love our backyard uh one because it's big but also I don't like our backyard because <laughs> It's so big. So, um, it, you know, thankfully Whitney, uh, we, we tackle the yard work together. Cause if one person did it, it would take a couple of hours just to weave yeah. in info and stuff like that. And so anyway, it's one of those, like, I always kind of wish I, you know, had a little bit more, uh, inclination to be passionate. I, I, I like the work. I, I don't necessarily like the time that it takes. And so sometimes I usually start thinking about all the other things things that I could be doing, but well, and it's not necessarily just the time that day that it takes, but if I plant something like these are going to be pretty flowers in a month from now, and I mean, I've got to maintain these for a month <laughs> and then they, they bloom and they're like, Oh, those are pretty. And then they're dead. And you're like, Oh, that was a lot of work. Okay. Well, no. next yep. <laughs> and, and how, how many people got to enjoy these flowers right me? exactly <laughs> exactly yeah um so a, a big aspect of this movie is also uh especially the first half of this movie is this bar nightclub scene um so it's been 20 years since i've seen you so in my <laughs> it's my change you never came across to me as a big like bar nightclub guy is has, sure. that, has that changed at all <laughs> um <laughs> No, um, maybe, maybe um, there are definitely um, some nights that maybe these are the R-rated moments when, um, you know, our neighborhood is a, a pretty fun little group of people. And we just celebrated um, one of our neighbor's birthdays and he rented out the entire up, upper floors of this one bar restaurant that we go to. And so, yeah, I mean, um, we had a lot of fun that night and um, yeah, I don't know that I'm trying to pick up ladies there but yeah enjoying a cocktail or two is pretty fun yeah i i'm not opposed to the like 
super nice place. We we've had a chance to be like in Chicago before and go to a pretty like fun bar, you know, a sky yeah. top type of bar that's real oh, fancy. Yeah. That's nothing. But as far as like actively, I, I was glad they included the scene where he gets the uh, bar tab at one time and he saw the price because <laughs> just the sticker shock of <laughs> that moment. And so that's like, like at those type of places, one maybe two drinks. But I, yeah, I that's right. I, I definitely like a good, uh, good sports bar with a good uh, happy hour. You know, like what, what <laughs> you know, what what's on draft? That's kind of more my, my type of place. And uh, people who know me will not be surprised by that statement <laughs> at all. <laughs> Rom com rankings. Even in emailing you, this was a little tough because this movie has so many facets to it. So it's a little bit hard to nail down, but we'll try to, we'll try to do it. So sure. the first one, the first one is romantic chemistry and um, romantic chemistry in particular between the leads. I, I, I really thought you could go two aspects here, you know, Steve Carell, Juliana Moore, um, or, you know, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. I know there's some other ones, but those are kind of the two main things. I, I, I don't know. Do you see this as Cal's story or Jacob's story or both? Or what do you think? Yeah, again, in, in true Dan Fogelman fashion, there are so many storylines. Uh, I'm going to throw out a different relationship that I think is interesting is Cal and Jacob. And so that is the one that he wants to be like Jacob. And so mm -hmm. that's the one that I think is the most interesting to me. Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, it's a beautiful relationship. Um, Julianne Moore, how she turns at the end is she really wants Cal. And you can see them rekindling and all of that is really good. Um, gosh, what, Robbie, Robbie and Jessica's relationship, mm -hmm. I think is just so innocent and fun and they chase stuff. And so there are so many different relationships. I give uh, five hearts to the okay. relationship level of this movie. There are so many relationships. Um, and I think that you can you can chase any of them and they're, they're a good storyline. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was thinking about that. I, I took kind of a similar approach, uh, kind of a culmination of all of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I ended up at four hearts because... Uh, well, shame on you, Nathan. I know shame on me. But uh, it, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, definitely like like on fire there. But, you know, honestly, not their whole story. I, I like Steve Carell and Juliana Moore. I, I don't know for me... I mean, I think they're good together. I, I, you know, you can see the history there a little bit, but I, I don't know. There was something there that was just not like uh, necessarily clicking with me. So I'm sure. still, I'm still a little. They never, and I think kind of a good way. They never really explore. I mean, th th there was the relationship she had with uh, Kevin Bacon's character, um, but like, uh, you know, there seemed to be more about like why they were giving a divorce and. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like that they don't super explore that, but that, that, that was kind of interesting to me, but it, it kind of makes sense at the end when you kind of realize how young they were when they get yeah. married. And, uh, regardless of where you are when you're married, it's always hard to keep up that, uh, spark. So knowing that they've been going, you know, in this relationship for so long, it kind of makes sense that, <laughs> you know, they kind of came at a crossroads, so to speak, but that's right. Uh, that's so right. that's, a, that's why mine's just a little lower. So even though you're ashamed by me, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, the, uh, second category is usually in these rom-coms, there's the best friend or the best supporting characters. Once again, uh, you know, this is kind of a little hard because, like you said, Steve Carell, I mean, Cal and Jacob, they're the kind of main 
catalyst here, but I, I think you're kind of right there, even though it's maybe not so much romantic. I mean, there's like a chemistry between them two. So uh, how do you feel about this category? So I took it down even farther and said, okay, if we've got our main characters, who then are supporting characters? You get people like Claire and Bernie, or the um, uh, Jessica's parents, um, even Kevin Bacon's character. Um, I, I was not a real big fan of any of those three. Um, Kevin Bacon uh, is historic and a great actor, but at, some level it's also like when he walked on screen he's like here i am i'm kevin bacon you're like you i need you to be more in the movie rather than you're kevin bacon um and i some of these other characters just just rub me wrong uh, as, as actors and i can't really get behind much of what they do um anyway josh groban's character i think he plays that guy so perfectly though um and so i i'm a fan of his performance um so it's a it's a mixed bag for me the the extra once you get outside of the main mm -hmm. uh cast the extras are a little hit or mess okay so where where do you where do you rate that one, well one i didn't five. i didn't i didn't think about this part nathan yeah um, you know i would i would probably give him a three okay like yeah. kind of in the middle. Yeah. Um that that's kind of that's where where I lied was the three hearts. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of I'm kind of with you on that one. Um kind of one a little more it seemed like all of them were not quite on the same plane and like you mentioned Kevin Bacon just kind of goes off his baconish yeah. <laughs> just to make that character coast a little bit. Okay, Can so you think of um a single movie that Beth Litterford is good in. I she rubs me so wrong. Okay, you gotta remember she's me. she's the uh, Jessica's mom. She's oh. blonde. She's a comedic actor, and I, yeah. I've never I've never seen anything that I like of hers. Yeah, she's but. definitely like that. You know, oh, who, who's that person? Because I definitely, right. yeah, I definitely recognized her uh, at first. Um, um, I thought. I get her a little confused with Steve Carell's uh, actual wife. actual wife, yeah. um, but yeah. you know it's not her. Yeah, um, I'm kind of with you. I'm looking at her IMDb right now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah and also uh, Jessica's dad. Um, I recognized him as well, and yeah. um, Marissa Tomei's over the topness, like we talked about, like it kind of works. His is a little um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, to say it's on the nose, I mean, uh, yeah, he 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 was he's a little over the top for me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, agreed. Oh, uh, he was in Fargo. That, that's right. He was Norm mm. Gunderson. <laughs> so, I, and that's the thing about him. I, I've seen him in things that I that I do like. So it's kind of like oh, I, I expect a little bit more from him. Right. But, right. Um, so I, I always feel like uh, a soundtrack's real important to a romantic comedy. Uh, this one, once again, a little hard to tackle because there's the original motion soundtrack, and then there's kind of the music that all the music that plays in uh, in the movie. Because uh, I listened to the actual soundtrack, and so the time of my life, uh, uh, the '80s classic True, th those songs weren't on the soundtrack. Uh, I don't know if you got to listen to it or not. I didn't. And I, as you asked this question, I don't remember a single aspect of the soundtrack. And so I'm going to give this a one star for the soundtrack, but I'm going to say that the movie didn't need it. 
Can I say that? Yeah, no, it, and it's funny when I listen to the soundtrack and the soundtrack is pretty much, they're all songs with vocals behind them. It's not mm. just a score, but <laughs> the, the soundtrack is very much like the movie in that the first half of the soundtrack is essentially the music you would hear if you walked into a hotel bar, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, or one of those like fancy nightclubs that we right, talked about right. where it's just that kind of, it's not smooth jazz, but you're kind of like, where did, where does this movie come from? Like, how does this, you know, even exist? Uh, and so, yeah. And then towards the end, it gets a little bit more lighter. And I would say a lot of the songs kind of reflect the time of 2011. I'm not a super huge, like music historian, but kind of that indie rock type of, of feeling. Uh, right. and so it, it gets a little bit better, but yeah, I gave it, I gave it, two hearts just because there's nothing super familiar and my favorite song on it was just one look by doris troy which is a song like from the 50s or 60s <laughs> so if if that's the case you know the soundtrack is uh, probably not the best one out there so that's right yeah i had it playing when uh hallie jumped in the car and she just looked at me like what in the world are you listening to so anyway um Okay, so a lot of romantic comedies have a, either like a chase scene or a big declaration of love at the end. I think this movie definitely has that moment um, as far as the um, <laughs> really, was it an eighth grade graduation? Is that what it was? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, probably at the time I was been like, man, this is a lot for a gra middle school graduation. I have, <laughs> I have since turned on those feelings because <laughs> <laughs> you've experienced them. them. Well, the the amount of fanfare that goes, you know, behind certain, you know, years of the grade is, you know, kind of spectacular to me. But uh, what do you how do you feel about this uh, big declaration of love at the end of this movie? Well, what I love about the declaration of love is that, yes, it is uh, Robbie and declaring his love for Jessica, but it's also Cal declaring his love for Emily. And so mm -hmm. in, again, I'll I'll broken record this Dan Fogelman's ability to mesh storylines is second to none. And so he is allowing Robbie to declare his love and allowing Cal to declare his love. Um, and it just, everything works. It just made the whole, it tied everything up in a nice little bow as rom-coms do. Um, nothing is messy there at the end. Yeah. Um, so five are you giving it five hearts? I, I I, I I'm I'm with you on that one. I I just feel like it ties everything so nicely together. Um, it it like justly like puts everybody in the same room again. Like right. it makes it makes sense that everybody would be there, including um, Marissa Tomei's character, <laughs> right, um, right, with with her gesture in the front row. <laughs> um, and so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, audio podcast you couldn't see that so anyway <laughs> just imagine a blurred circle floating across your screen yeah <laughs> but uh yeah no and then i just even even the end and um the way cal talks to jacob and you know they're gonna be okay and you know the callback where cal gets to slap jacob and you know oh this is gonna be fun um I, this movie just ended to me and even with his son's look at the very end and how he goes off screen, you know, cut to credits. I just, yeah, it's just, it's like, how can you not feel great, you know, after this movie? So, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Okay. Rewatchability. The last category is always a big aspect of it. hundred percent, man. I, I've watched this movie a lot. Um, and I, I love it. Um, 
I would, I don't know that I would put it in my top 10. I don't really know what my top 10 list would be, but man, it is, it is something that uh, just makes you feel good. It makes you smile. Um, it is an easy watch. You don't have to think a ton about it. It is just, it's a really good two hours of your life. I five hearts rewatch this as much as you can. Okay. Uh, I would be there. This is probably well, where you're going to hate on me a little bit also. Okay. So I'm prepared I, for that. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do love this movie as far as rewatchability. Like I, I don't know if this is something that I, if, even though I think it's a very, very good movie. Uh, the two hour runtime is a little bit hard, especially for this type of movie, just to jump into, just to, you, you know, kind of have on. So for me, like, I really like the story, but, uh, you know, I think you really have to kind of emotionally invest in it. I, I don't know if it's something that you initially can come in and out of scenes, but um, I, 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 are, I, are you not normally investing emotionally in your, what you watch? <laughs> no, how do you I, do that? I do. But like, it, 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 if this was, I always use this as an example. I don't know if it's great, but if I'm in the, ho if I go in a hotel and I turn on the TV and you know, mm. you're up to the whims of cable TV and this movie was on, would I be inclined to just sit and like watch it like right there? I feel like if it was on the TV, I would be like, I really have to, just sit here and take it all in. And so uh, I just feel like I'd have to devote a little bit more of my emotions into it. So that's fair. I'll give you that. It is a time commitment. Um, but might I recommend as you are on these travels that you go on, uh, if you fly Southwest right now, you can do nothing but watch movies on your phone or iPad. Uh, and Crazy Stupid Love is available to you on Southwest.com right now. So that's how I knocked this one out. So I rewatched it oh. on the plane <laughs> and uh, I, I couldn't do anything else. So I watched it. There. <laughs> good, good, good to know. So yeah, yeah I, I make it sound like I've been in hotels a lot and I travel a lot. <laughs> I, really, I really don't anymore. So, um, well, just a but I, I mean, you clearly you've talked kind of about your love and passion for this film. I as as far as a just as a movie goes, taking it outside of this rom com list, I I, I think it's I think it's really really good. Um, yeah. So I you know I've mentioned a couple of things that I don't think quite make it perfect, but um, I, I think this is one maybe that people don't talk about as much anymore. And I think if they went back and revisited, they it would be one of those like I did this time, like oh yeah, this movie is really good. But. That's right. That's right. Recommendations. Is there any kind of movies or TV shows or books uh, that you that you like to recommend? Oh goodness, um, I'm like you. I, I read a lot of nonfiction books, and um, but my my quest for your listeners is to go watch old movies. Old movies are very fun. Um, they have uh, new technology that comes out in those movies. And so like marveling at how they did things um, is, is something that I like um, And the storylines I think are, are really solid. Um, they're not relying on special effects or, or big name actors. They actually have to tell a good story. Um, so some of my favorites that I, I would love, obviously I talked about Dan in real life earlier. It's way up there on my list. Um, 400 blows is one of my favorite movies um and my my number one is a movie called blow up it's 1960s italian michelangelo and antonioni um it's a brilliant movie um i think that 
the what they communicate in it is um, just really, really fun. So go watch old movies and then remake them. How about that? Take a good <laughs> one and remake it. Yeah. Uh, so I can, we can call you Art House Andrew on this podcast. No, oh, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so a guy on my team would always put me to shame when we start talking about old classic movies. But yeah, he, he is Art House Tyler. How about that? Really going far back. Uh, are you a Buster Keaton fan at all? Oh, come on. Yeah. 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 So um, I've been working my way through the AFI 100 Greatest Movies list. And sure. The, the general is on there. Yep. And so uh, it, it's been maybe a year or two ago, but I asked the girls, hey, sit down and watch this with me. If you don't like it, that's fine. Uh, leave if you want to. And they were completely engaged in yeah. that movie the whole time. And so, that's I, right. yeah, I think I think it's and the special effects in that movie. They they were doing stunts and you're like, man, that is good job. Good job. Yeah. So if I can leave this world knowing that my girls have watched a Buster Keaton film, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with that. So. That's right. Yeah, um, I watched over Christmas this year. Um, it happened on Fifth Avenue, which is a Christmassy movie, but again, 19 earlies. Um, and I think it is prime to be remade. Um, I think the storyline is is very, very fun. Um, but, you know, it got my wheel spinning of I have not written a script since college. I don't anticipate ever writing a script again. Um, and so, man, I, I think that that one would be really fun modernized. So um, watch it and re and write it. What? How did you watch that movie? I was at my in-laws' house. They had it on DVD. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah. didn't know if it was out yeah. there in the streaming world. Uh, so. Oh, it might be. Yeah. yeah, it happened on Fifth Avenue. Okay, maybe like uh, something like on Canopy, like with a your library, local library. You know, they have sure, a, sure. That's a pretty cool streaming service. Yeah, a uh, quick recommendation for me: we started uh, the TV show Shrinking on Apple TV Plus, uh, starring. Uh, Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford, uh, yeah. and uh, it's uh, it's from the creators uh, Bill Lawrence and Brett Goldstein, uh, famously Scrubs. From, uh, Scrubs, and then Ted Lasso fame. Of course, uh, and so um, it's uh, I wouldn't say it's as good as Ted Lasso quite yet. We're only two episodes in, uh, but it's definitely got that feel—comedy, drama, all the feelings. Uh, so we really enjoyed that. So that's a fun new show. Uh, I think people should check out. So I think this Harrison Ford guy is going somewhere. I think he's <laughs> he's got a few things coming out right now. I, I don't know what it is, but he's got it. You know, I, I don't done. know. He's got something. So yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, this wasn't uh, kind of an additional question uh, for you, kind of going into the movie we're going to talk about next week. But uh, what what age were you when you got married? Uh, we were both twenty nine. Okay, so we were uh, a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. So we were a little bit on the older age too. I, I, I don't know. Um, you probably were like in a lot of weddings before then, or even maybe your wife. Um, so I don't know if you ever felt like you were always the groomsman and not the groom, but we're going to be talking about 27 dresses where that one is always the bridesmaid, you know, never the bride. Uh, so that's starring Catherine Heigl and James Marsden. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Oh, of course. That's a, that is the, <laughs> uh, again, spoiler alert, the ending of that, where everybody's wearing their bridesmaids. Right? I think that is brilliant. I th I laughed so hard at that. I saw that <laughs> one in the theater as well. Well, uh, not to give too much away for the discussion next week, but it had been a while since I'd seen this one and it was a lot better than uh, what Whitney and I remembered it being. We, we enjoyed it a bit more than I, I, I expected for sure. So Anyway, that'll be a fun one to talk about. Um, Very well, fun. 
yeah well um thanks thanks for doing this i know you're a, a busy man and i um i appreciate it's really good to see you yeah i'm glad thank uh, you for this yeah. yeah i'm glad you I gave you a chance to um watch one of your favorite movies i didn't realize you liked it this much <laughs> but, oh and i saw it on the list i was like i'm talking about this one this yeah is, this one's mine <laughs> perfect well uh don't forget to follow our podcast on your favorite music streaming platforms and if you have time rate and give us a review it'll only take a few seconds to do so and it would really help us out a lot uh thanks again andrew and hopefully this uh cold weather doesn't hit you guys too bad <laughs> thank you good to see you nathan all right take care